to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. Alright, hello Victory family, how are you doing? Alright, welcome everyone to this auditorium. We're just so happy. Welcome to all of you who are watching from your homes. Wow, this is just so surreal. Uh, it's like going back to school. Our <laughs> first day of school, Elena. And so, uh, this, uh, this is an awesome privilege for us to be here in the center. Once again, worshiping uh, with the church. Of course, this is not the whole church. We have a lot more. But yeah, we're, we're moving forward. We're, we're trying it out. We're being responsible. We're following health protocols. We're doing social distancing, guys. And as you can see, we're at least six feet apart. And so we'd like to welcome everybody who's here in the auditorium. Can you just give yourselves a hand for braving it out? Thank you so much for coming here. Um, and to those, you know, who are joining us online, thank you also for uh, joining us. You know, you may be on Facebook, Zoom, YouTube, wherever you are. Uh, you are as uh, much a part of this. And I'm preaching to uh, the people on site and online. So it's kind of like split screen here. You know? So... Uh, we're, we're doing this for the first time during this pandemic. And so uh, just a few people present here right now. In this, it is a first step. And we're slowly going to open our center to the people uh, physically by registering. Okay, so you're probably wondering how do we get to the center? Do I just go to the mall and just enter the center? Uh, you've got to register. And we're going to be doing that by announcing it on our social media uh, platforms and also on our website. So please uh, of course, we have limited, you know, the age is limited. You cannot, we cannot uh, uh, still accept kids' church. 18 to 65 is the age. And so uh, you've got to register and get your uh, seat, yourselves a seat. Parang sure seats siya. And uh, the details will be on the website. Now, before I start my preaching, I just want to encourage to continue, uh, to encourage everybody to continue praying and to help the people who are deeply affected. As Pastor Carlos prayed earlier, you know, we've been hit by five major typhoons or storms in the past two weeks. You know, just looking at the news and pictures on the, and videos on social media, it really just breaks my heart. You know, I was, actually, I was bawling last night watching some of the reports. Um, I thought Bicol was it, and then Metro Manila, and now Cagayan. And I, it's just, uh, wow. It, it just moves you to tears, you know, seeing what happened. Uh, and we thought that the year is almost over. Uh, we've been deeply affected by the pandemic and the many disasters that we have actually faced, and yet more disasters happened uh, in our nation. As, news that, as the news tell us, it would probably take about two to three years to rebuild after Ulysses. Now we're coordinating with different churches in Metro Manila, Victory churches around the provinces, also in affected areas, some local government units like Bicol region, uh, now also in Cagayan area, Tugigarao, Isabela, we've got churches there. Uh, cities also like Marikina, Cainta, Pasig, San Pedro, we're coordinating with our vice mayor there. Montinlupa as well, of course, that's where we are. And so there's just too many needs. But we can respond. I believe that God will give us the grace. Amen. To respond to those who are in need because we have such a big God. Amen. Come on, how many of you believe that we have such a big God? We are, we are hopeful that God will turn things around. So please continue to, to pray, to give. You know, God bless all of you who has given. And uh, we're, we're doing, uh, we're going to be receiving, uh, as, as we have said in the announcement, we're going to be receiving some, some relief goods starting today until Friday in our uh, Victory, uh, well, uh, Village Square. Okay, I don't know if that's called Village Square, but it's formerly Toyota Alabang. 
All right, so uh, I have a word for us this day. And after a 22-week series on the book of Romans, so how many of you enjoyed that series for 22? It's quite long, right? First time we did it, uh, and we finally finished it last week. And uh, next year, we're going to do another long series, okay? By the way, just a preview, we're going to have a 24-week series. Surprise, okay? We're going to announce it later on, okay? But we're doing a short three-week series today, and this is entitled, Add to Heart. You've probably seen that earlier in the intro video, Add to Heart. And it's a series about heart check in the area of resource, finance, where we are with God, stewardship, how we steward the things actually is a worship unto God. You know, like adding things to your cart. Remember 1111? I I see a lot of people who are smiling here in this audience. Uh, you've probably added to cart last 11-11, whether it's, I'm not going to mention any name of the online, but you know, we've, we've, we've been making choices and we've added to cart and we're deciding whether we will actually go and check out. And you know, we have choices also that we can make in adding to our hearts every single day. We may not need to add too many stuff that we actually just bring God out of our hearts. Today we're going to talk about worship. And we must not forget that worship involves all that you do, all that you are, who you are, and what you do in worship. They're inseparable. And God looks at the heart. God looks at our stance. God looks at everything we give to Him. God isn't just looking at the fruit of our hands. He's also looking very much at our hearts. In fact, this is the very first worship service that we're going to be reading recorded in the Bible. And today happens to be the first on-site service here in Festival Mode during this pandemic, okay? And so, may I invite you all to open your Bibles if you have a Bible, okay? Uh, whether it's a physical Bible like what I have here on the podium or a, you know, an online or maybe a, a gadget that you have, please open to Genesis chapter 4 and we'll be reading from verses 1 to 7. Now, if you are in the auditorium, we have not done this for a while, I'd like to invite you to stand up, okay? Let's all stand up. I miss doing this. Uh, you know, I sometimes do this, but you know, I, I'm not sure if people are obeying or you know, like they're following the instruction whether they should stand at home. But at least in the auditorium, we're standing uh, in a, at attention to give reverence to the Word of God. And we're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse 1 until verse 7. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. Everybody say fat portions. Fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. This is the word 
of the Lord. Let's just bow our heads and pray right now. Father, thank you so much for our time today. And even as we gather here in our auditorium, as we gather around in our homes, I thank you, Lord God, that you will find for yourself a people who would know how to worship you. Lord, may you find hearts that are fully bent towards the purposes of God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you will look at us, our church, our community, God, and you would say, I am pleased with that people because they love me and they trust me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may all be seated. All right, just to give us a uh, quick background of the story that we've just read, you know, we're just, you know, charging through Genesis chapter 4. But, you know, you're familiar with Genesis, right? It's a book of beginnings. And, um, you know, for those of you who've read your Bibles from cover to cover, you know, like every start of the year, I think many of us do that. We start with Genesis chapter 1, then we move forward to the next uh, books. But, you know, just to give us a quick recap, Genesis chapter 1 gives us a story of the origins, okay? Origin of heaven and earth, everything just got created. Genesis chapter 2 gives us the origin of man, man and woman, and the first marriage in the garden. Now, for those of you who are singles, okay, praying for a garden wedding, pwede pa rin, okay? Now, we witness the first couple who got married in the garden. We see the uniqueness of its roles and responsibility of a husband and a wife, and we also see the origin of work, that somehow God has placed Adam in the garden to work it. So how many of you know that work is not part of the curse? Because work was given to man before the curse. And so work is a blessing. Okay, look at the person beside you and say, work is a blessing. Even if you're six feet apart, okay? I don't know if you can hear each other. But, you know, work is a blessing. And we thank God for work. We thank God for the opportunity to have a vocation. We, have, we thank God for the opportunity to be employed, to do business. You know, some people who, uh, you know, maybe have lost their jobs during this employ uh, during this pandemic, uh, have pivoted into doing like online business. And how many of you know that somehow God's grace is upon our people? That Filipinos are very resilient. Yes, sometimes it can be used as an excuse, but yet the reality is we can adjust to where we are. And I've seen so many things uh, happening online and how God has provided for us. That is a blessing. Okay, we see the origin of work. Genesis chapter 3, we see the origin of sin. Man falls because of the temptation in the garden. Basically, the woman gave the apple to the man. Okay, no, just not sure if that's the apple, okay? According to Pastor Sani, it's called aratilis now, okay? That's the forbidden fruit. But anyway, so, and death entered the human race. And in that context, you know, God made a promise that the woman is going to have a seed that will save man and eventually defeat the devil. They were also sent out of the garden. They were actually ikbalod or they were actually evicted from the garden. You know, I actually am like in the garden here uh, in the center. But now in Genesis chapter 4, we pick it up. We pick up the story here. Adam and Eve started to have a family. They started to have children. Firstborns were boys. And, you know, they now have been born this boy's uh, Cain and Abel were born with the original sin coming from their parents. And we know that it was passed on from generation to the next generation. And the, uh, the humanity has actually been, uh, you know, cursed with the impact and the consequence of sin. And we see that in verse 1. I would, I'd like to read it again. Now, Adam knew Eve, or he became intimate with Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Now, Cain got his name from his mother, firstborn. Okay? 
Uh, I'm not sure if uh, you were named by your mom or your dad, but for, for this particular story, it was Eve who gave the name to Cain because she was assuming and she was thinking that maybe this is the man who will actually be the fulfillment of God's promise. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, God gave a promise that, you know, you will have a redeemer. He will strike the, the, the serpent's heel. And so Eve was thinking, could this be him? Nothing could be farther from the truth. And we know the story of Cain. He eventually committed murder. In verse 2, it says, And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now, if, you're, you know, if you have a study uh, notes Bible, you can actually look at the meaning of Abel. Abel actually means breath. It means vapor. It means temporary. Wow. Eve got this one right. And Abel did not live long, and yet his voice speaks until today. And so I, I'd like to share three lessons that we can actually learn from the very first worship service in the Bible. First lesson is, there's only one true God to worship. Amen. There's only one true God. Everybody say that, one true God. There's only one true God. If you're typing, uh, if you are joining us online, just type there, one true God. You know, Cain and Abel brought their offerings to the Lord. We find that in verse 3 and 4. And Adam and Eve were banned from the garden, but not from the grace of God. How many of you know that God's grace has been in effect from the time that sin came into humanity, his grace has always been there. They were, yes, sent out from the garden, but the grace is always available for them. And God's been reaching out to Adam and Eve and their children ever since. And we see in the verse that there are two brothers. They're coming to worship God. And there's no mention of God instructing them to come and worship. There's no detail of that in the Bible. Uh, whether he wants them to bring something to him or to sacrifice. They just did it. Maybe their parents told them, okay, this is what you do. You, you want to come to the Lord? Uh, come to him with a sacrifice. And this is where we see the first worship service happening in the Bible. And true worship is not obligatory or forced. How many of you were forced when you came here today? You know, we're actually trying to limit the people from coming here. In fact, I believe that all of you on your own volition came here because you're excited, you're looking forward to come before the Lord, to worship, to hear His Word, to come before God and just spend time uh, uh, just lifting up His name. And, and we, we worship because we like to do it. We worship because we're made to worship. We go to church because we desire to celebrate God and we want to be with God's people. It may be difficult during these days of pandemic, but we have other options. You know, we, we can't really bring, you know, I remember the time pre-pandemic when we would actually fill and pack this place with several, you know, with thousands of people. But now we're about 60 people here physically. Eventually we'll increase it to 100. Maybe 150. Maybe 200. We're going to follow the LGUs, okay? We're going to follow the government rules, okay? We're not going to break laws. But there's something about the church coming together. There's something about the church when we gather together. I just feel so much energy in this place. Even if we're just 60, the Bible says when two or three are gathered in His name, there He is in our midst. How many of you feel the presence of God today? I mean, God's amazing. God's amazing. 
And for those of you joining us online, I believe God's presence is with you as well. You're joining us virtually. The church cannot be stopped. We're worshiping together. And I believe that in the midst of these trials and difficulties and, you know, situations, this pandemic, it will not stop the church of God from worshiping Him. Amen. Come on now. The church of God is going to advance. You know, yesterday we baptized several people. In the midst of all these things happening, People are going through Victory Weekend. 100 plus people finished it. Several people got baptized. Some were baptized from their houses. Yesterday we were in the EN building. We were baptizing people. One at a time. Social distancing, yes. But we baptized nonetheless. By faith, they declare we're going to be followers of Jesus. We're going to declare His name. We're going to advance the kingdom of God. Come on now. We're going to do this. Notice that Cain and Abel didn't go to an altar. They didn't go to a tabernacle. They didn't go to a physical place. They didn't go to a church building. The church, in fact, was introduced by Jesus in the New Testament, and worship predates the church. Worship has been always part of the people of God. And we are made to worship. They were bringing to God an offering. Cain and Abel were fulfilling their priestly function to worship the true God. In Hebrews chapter 11, 6, the Bible says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He is a rewarder of those who seek Him. There's another translation that says, Those who diligently seek Him. Cain and Abel wanted to go to God and present their offering. And we draw near to God in worship, not just to get things from God, but to get God. God is not just a rewarder. He is our reward. God is the goal. Worship is the overflow. And we get to do what we're doing because we're here, not because we need something from God. Yes, we have a lot of needs. Our nation has a lot of needs. Our people are in dire need for help and relief, but yet we come to God every time simply because of who He is and that He is worthy and that He deserves the praise and the honor and the service coming from our mouths, coming from our heart. Ultimately, we seek God to get the reward of finding Him. Second point is, we are all worshipers. Everybody say, we are worshipers. We are all worshipers. In this story, we will see that there are two pairs. Uh, there are pairs that we can find uh, from the passage that we have read. We find two worshipers. We find two offerings. And we find two different responses from God with regards to the offering. And you know, as I said earlier, worship is not confined to going to church. In fact, the context of the worship of Cain and Abel was their work or vocation. It was highlighted this in verse 2. It says, Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain was a worker of the ground. Now, Abel was a shepherd while Cain was a farmer. Now, how many of you know that the dad of Cain, Adam, was also a farmer? 
because he was placed by God in the garden to work the garden, to nurture it, and to take care of it. And Cain and Abel worshiped God through their work. You know what? Our work is worship unto the Lord. Whatever you're doing. You know how we work in our careers battered to God. There is not a work that is holier than another work. Being a pastor is not holier than being an accountant or a lawyer. Amen. We are doing what God has called us to do. And if we're faithful and we're stewarding our work and our vocation, occupation, and employment, you know what? God is pleased. And that is a worship unto the Lord. If you put your heart into it, it's a worship unto the Lord. I am not more acceptable to God because I am preaching the Bible or I am a pastor more than you are if you're staying at home doing, you know, maybe you're cooking food or, or baking or you're doing other online business. It's the same thing. Being a pastor is not holier, a holier calling. You know, that's why in verse 3, in the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Here we see the brothers giving something to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn, note the firstborn of his flock, and the fat portion. Now this is the start of the worship service. They're now bringing something to the Lord. Cain brought from his vocation, farming. Abel brought from his vocation, shepherding. And this is where we see the distinction of the gift and the offering that they were giving to the Lord. Both of them brought something but there is a difference in the quality of the offering. In verse 4, the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. I actually put a, you know, a, uh, what do you call that? Parenthesis. Just to emphasize that when God looked at the offering, he was also looking at the giver of the offering. The Lord had regard for Abel and his, what? Offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. He looked at a pair. He looked at the giver and the gift. And the giver and the gift. To one, he made a regard. He gave regard. To one, he did not approve. You know, God had regard or accepted Abel and his offering, but he did not regard or he rejected Cain and his offering. Now, why will he favor one offering over the other? Abel in his offering is saying something about him. And Cain and his offering is saying something about him. You know, who you are and what you do in worship are inseparable. The reality is we represent our gift. And some commentaries are saying that the reason why God accepted Abel's offering is because of the blood sacrifice. You know, I, I've read this. And Cain did not have a blood sacrifice. Abel... Gave a fat portion. To give a fat portion, you've got to kill an animal. But I don't think that's the right way to look at it. Because both are making a tribute offering. They're not making a sin or atonement offering here. They're making a tribute offering. A tribute comes from the Lord. And that means, on, you know, it's the means of how He sustains us. Whatever your job is, whatever your occupation or vocation is, the tribute offering comes from the work of your hand. The offering rightly comes from your vocation. So whether you're a, an accountant or somebody who works in the BPO, that is something that is acceptable to the Lord. The issue was not because one was grain and the other was animal sacrifice. 
but it's really a matter of the heart. I remember when I was a new employee back in 1998, back in the day. My first employment, I was 20 years old. And I remember giving the same tribute offering. I was Christian already. I was working as an accountant in a private firm. And I said to God, I want to give a tribute of my first fruit. I did not give a tithe. I decided to give it all. And I remember my very first check, Lord, should I give a tithe? I remember this story of Abel when he gave the first fruit and when he gave the fat portion. I didn't have a big salary, but I said, may it be acceptable to the Lord. You know, that was easy to give for me because I lived with my parents during that time. I would eat anyway <laughs> when I go home that, that evening. But yet I took it by faith. And that was my peg. I remember Cain giving his first fruit. Now why, or so Abel giving his first fruit. Now why was Abel's offering accepted? And we find this in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. By faith. Everybody say by faith. And that's the essence of the offering. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. And probably, when Abel was giving his sacrifice, you know, even if he did not see who God is or who God was, he said, I'm going to give my very best to the Lord. But for Cain, he just haphazardly gave his. And it says, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. You know, God commanded Abel by accepting his gifts. God, Abel's gift did not get God's commendation. But his gifts manifested who he was, and they became the reason why God commended him. Your gift is a reflection of your, who you are, your character, the reality of your heart. And when God saw the heart of Abel, that's the time that he said, I am accepting this gift and I am pleased with this offering. It's not about the fat portion. It's not about that particular lamb. God was pleased with the attitude of Abel as he gave his gifts. And I remember my children when they were really, really small, maybe about one or maybe two or three, they would give me gifts. One day I actually came home from the office and one of my children gave me a gift wrapped in bond paper. And he said, that is my gift. No, no occasion. It's not, it's not my birthday. That, she, okay, I'm not going to say who that was. She just wanted to give me a gift. And I said, thank you, honey. Thank you for this. And so as I opened it, I, I saw what's inside. It's actually my wallet that I actually was storing inside my cabinet. Apparently, she was opening my cabinet and went through my things and got something to give it back to me. But you know what? My first response was, I was just so pleased. Because I knew for a fact that my daughter didn't have a job. He didn't have, she didn't have income. But yet, it was in her heart to give something back to me, which belonged to me in the first place. And I believe that when we give an offering, when we give a gift, when we give a tithe, guess what? That's not ours in the first place. That gift belongs to God. Amen? Everything that comes from the work of our hands belongs to the Lord. Because the reality is God is our source. 
He was the one who gave us the favor to work. He gave us the intellect. He gave us the, the, the contacts. He gave us, you know, fill in the blanks. Everything comes from His hand. When we give something to God, remember that the source of that gift is not us, but God's. Amen. And Abel's gift was given by faith and sacrificially. He brought the firstborn and the fat portion. It takes faith to set aside the firstborn. You know, because you don't know if there's going to be a secondborn. Did you realize that? I mean, when he was giving this firstborn, he was saying, this is God's, okay? I've apportioned it already. And this is somehow very familiar with us because we're talking about tithes and offerings as well, the first fruit. We're setting aside something for God because it's a reminder for us that God is the owner of this and God is faithful with this covenant of promise and provision for us. And he brought to God the best portion, not the leftover. And the modern use of firstborn and fat portion, as I said earlier, is tithes and offerings. We worship the Lord even though, even through our giving, not just with the songs that we sing. That's a worship unto the Lord. We worship the Lord through our work. We worship the Lord even in our families. At home, we are worshiping the Lord the way He raised up your children. That's a worship unto God. But why did God like the fat portion? Have you ever wondered why God's asking for the fat portion? In Leviticus chapter 3, verse 16, it says, The priest shall burn them on the altar as a food offering with a pleasing aroma. All fat is the Lord's. Amen. And I don't know with you, you know, when you cook your lichong kawale, <laughs> and if you fry it, and the fat is there, does it produce a pleasing aroma? I love the smell of bacon. You know, maybe God is concerned about the sustenance of the priest, and he asked them, okay, give me the innards. The isaw, and give me the fat portion instead of being consumed by the priest, maybe to keep the priests healthy. I don't know. I don't know if that's really the, you know, ask Pastor June if that's really the, the reason why. Nowadays, we cut out the fat from our meat, right? Because we want to be healthy. We want to stay lean. But, you know, the best part of the beef is the fat inside, you know, it's in the middle of the meat. You call it marbling. Guys, if you're eating steak, man, I can imagine the steak already. Without fat, it's bland. Pero pag may taba, nanginginig pa. That's the best part. Bacon is delicious. Bagnet is, oh, the bitch. You know, yesterday after the victory weekend, somebody gave the staff a whole lechon for lunch. After Victory Week and Baptism, shout out to Dex. Thank you so much. You know, what did we do with the fat? No comment, okay? Um, but back to Cain. Cain's offering was rejected because he only got some of the fruits from the ground. Not the best fruits. It was a meaningless, mindless, you know, without thinking, unintentional giving like leftovers. And God accepted Abel because of his faith. God rejected Cain's offering because of his lack of faith. Now let me tell you this. If Cain had taken a huge rubber tree, hmm, may tumasagot sa likod. May plantito sa likod. 
God would probably have accepted it. Because I believe giving a huge, gigantic rubber tree is the best and fat portion. I don't know how much a rubber tree is. You ask Pastor Chico, Plantito, to know how much a rubber tree would cost. You know, John Calvin wrote, It's not to be doubted that Cain conducted himself as hypocrites are accustomed to do, namely that he wished to appease God as one discharging a debt by external sacrifices without the least intention of dedicating himself to God. Simply put, Cain's heart was not in it. He was going to the motions of worship. You know, my question for us today with regards to worship is this. Where is your heart? What are you adding to your heart? Where's our heart? Do we move in worship to try to appease God and win His favor? Or do we move in worship because you are so pleased and in love with God already? And say, God, take my heart. Take my life. It is yours. I give you everything I've got. And as we look at Cain, we understand that there's nothing wrong with the offering per se. There's nothing wrong with giving God fruits and veggies. It's a matter of the heart. It's a heart issue. There's something wrong with the heart of Cain. And I hope that we can do a heart check today. For those of you who are watching, do a heart check. Where is your heart? You know, the, the, proceed, the, the succeeding verses would say, So Cain was very angry and his face fell. Verse 6, The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is to have you, but you must master or rule over it. You know, somehow, just as God has given a chance and pursued Adam and Eve, he was also giving a chance to Cain to repent. He pursued Adam and Eve after eating of the fruit. Adam, where are you? And after this offering, God is also asking Cain, why are you so downcast? He's giving him a chance. God is basically reaching out to Cain. The Lord is extending the grace to Cain to confess the sin and find forgiveness. God is offering another chance, but Cain chose to rebel. Cain was unrepentant. He was angry. He had a spiritual depression. Now, this is not a clinical depression. It's different, okay? A spiritual depression. Why is your face so downcast? There's something about the spirit of Cain that made him angry, and then he became angry that led him to commit the first murder in the Bible. You know, Jesus said, if you have anger in your heart, that is tantamount to committing murder. My last point as I come to a close is we can have the worship that God accepts. We can have the worship that God accepts. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24 says, And to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. You know, I realized I was studying this text. On our own, we're all like Cain. I want to say and I want to think that, Lord, I come before you every day. Got a pure heart. 
got clean hands. But the reality is, sometimes there's something wrong about our hearts. No matter how much we try to offer to God, there is somehow some things and sin present in our hearts. There's anger. There's malice. There's bitterness. There's discord. There's lust. There's envy. There's jealousy. Fits of rage. Gossip. A critical spirit. There's pride. There's arrogance. And you can just fill in the blanks. How can our worship be acceptable to God? You know, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the innocent blood of Abel. And His blood was shed for us so that He can be, you and I, can be accepted by the Father. And on that cross, Jesus was hanging and saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. The blood of Jesus gave us peace and access to the Father who now accepts us as we put our faith in Him. Jesus is the generous one. He didn't just give some. He gave it all. He didn't just give the first fruit. He gave of himself to us. He gave his best. Fat portion, lean portion, every portion there is. He gave it all on that cross. So that you and I can be saved can be accepted by God. If you're writing a main point, my main point is simply this. A generous heart is a mark of true worship, but it also marks the true worshipers. And I hope that we can have a generous heart before the Lord, that when we give something to the Lord, that our heart will be in it and by faith say, God, accept my gift. Not because I want to appease you, but because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. And all of this came from you anyway. Let's just bow our heads right now as we close in prayer. Lord, we, we set our hearts today. May you make it right for worship. Father, I pray that you would take the sin that hinders and everything that entangles us. Lord, help us to come before you today in faith even as we offer our gifts, even as we offer anything that comes from our work, whether it's the tithe, whether it's the offering, whether it's giving to the relief operation, we're not doing this because we want to build a name for ourselves. We're doing this out of gratitude for who you are. Thank you that you will cleanse us today by the precious blood of Jesus. Once again, we ask, Lord God, to take our heart It is yours. We give it back to you. In Jesus' name. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. 
For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.